Welcome to the Just Go Grind podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Sophie Abdul-Razak, co-founder and CEO of GoodFind, an on-demand marketplace for food trucks. Let's dive in. Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time. With GoodFind, I always like to kind of set this story. What are you doing today with GoodFind? What is this company? Oh my gosh. So today, building just amazing technology for food truck owners and operators. You know, that's what we do day in and day out. Um, and to that vein, that's what's coming, right? Always building for, for this community. Um, right now, we're, you know, we're a fintech company um, and, and we'll con- continue to kind of, you know, dive deeper into fintech tools and services for this industry. And as new things come up that are, that are new and, and you know, novel, um, we'll dig into those things too. So just, just having a good time, honestly. Yeah. Building some dope tech. <laughs> There's so, I love it. There's so much I want to dive into with this company. And like I, I always love to start at the beginning, kind of come back. So take me through the idea for this. How did this come about in the first place, Sophie? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So my co-founders and I are all first-generation Americans. Um, and so we are always on the hunt for, for really great authentic cuisine. At one point, uh, one of my co-founders, Kyle, went to a food truck, loved it telling um, our other co-founder about it and was like, you know, you got to try this, you got to try it. Um, and we we're like, okay, cool. And then he couldn't find it, right? Um, <laughs> quintessential food truck problem, loving their food, never being able to find them again. You kind of happen upon a food truck. Um, and so he had the great idea of like, you know, I I should I should build this out, wireframe it. He's a UX designer. And um, L, our CTO, was like, okay, well, if you can design it, I can build it. Um, and I'm like, okay, if you can design it, you can build it. I can like product manage it. Right. <laughs> um, and so, and so, you know, we, we made up our own, you know, night four in a box for, for lack of better words for, for, for the product pros out there. Um, and we could, you know, build design and manage everything in house. And, and that was kind of the start wanting to just locate really great food trucks and, and do it in a central place because people don't like to follow a million social medias. You only have so many, so much app space on your phone. So um, we set out to solve that problem and then ended up in, in the fintech space, but, but all started with just loving great food and wanting to find it again. Okay. There's, there's something I want to dive into that I heard from before in a different interview of yours. So with this company, you were not full-time right away, which is the case for a lot of people. I'm curious yeah. for you that switch from working on this on the side to full-time, what made, what made that happen? Being venture-backed. <laughs> was, was very helpful. That will do I mean, it. I, I would <laughs> I would love to say it was something else, but um, you know, bootstrapping is a is a part of a part of the game, um, especially for you know you know founders like myself. Um, and so we we bootstrapped. We needed we needed money and capital. We had to to put in our own money and our own sweat equity up front. Um, and it, it was important for us to be able to show traction and to show that you know owners and operators would really use the platform before we could go out and get and get venture dollars and the statistics are all out there for 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 founders like myself and so we kind of we kind of knew we had an uphill hill battle to climb but happy to be on the other side of it i um, mean and, and and frankly it was it was the 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 money that 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 you know helped you know make a dream come true so with that sophie how how much traction did you have? Like, where were you at by the time you raised? I always think of other founders when I'm doing these interviews around, like, you know, they're building their company. They're kind of wondering the same things. Just take me through kind of where Good Find was at when you then started to raise. Uh, I'd just be curious about that too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so we so we're a payments company, so we're thinking about all the payments that we process. Um, and at the time, I'll tell you the time that we knew that we could maybe start having conversations was when we hit that hundred K mark. We were like, okay, you know, cause anything lower than that, it's kind of like it's traction, but is it, yeah. is it a number that makes people say like, okay, that you're being trusted by, by more than five people, right? <laughs> you're at this point maybe being trusted by hundreds of people, um, to get to that number and then to compound that number, you know, thousands and that, and that starts to move the needle. Um, so that hundred came out. So, I mean, I remember doing a gift. We like, we like printed out <laughs> these cards and like, um, we were super excited about it. Um, because for us, that was a big moment. And, and that was the moment that we started to say to ourselves, okay, we think we could start thinking about venture. Um, and, and then we started to see the month over month growth, right? Um, so it would be like 30%, 40% and at the, at the, eventually we're like a hundred percent growth quarter over quarter. And we're like, all right, like we're definitely <laughs> on to something now. We can definitely have some more, um, strategic type conversations, right? I'm not going to be completely embarrassed, um, by all of these like super hard investor questions and, and those questions like run the gamut. And so, it was it was it was really there a hundred k mark for us, um, and then and then seeing that that month over month growth because those are the types of numbers and the types of um, you know metrics that you, that you're responsible for. Um, and then once it was quarter over quarter, we're like, all right, we 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 can we can see what these conversations are like. With that too, I want to go to the talk about the investing side and raising venture yeah. capital, but I want to also go to the growth. So in that early days, what fueled that growth to get to that you know let's say hundred k or and beyond like that early growth phase? Like what was the things you guys were doing to actually make that happen in the early days. Yeah, oh my, not sleeping it was <laughs> a big part of it. Um, we didn't sleep, um, but but you know connections and relationships. I think I think so far um, or too too often, you know, founders who build great tech really just want to rely on that, right? Um, I, I certainly would have loved to just rely on building great tech because I mean I feel like we'd be you know in the stratosphere now, it's, that's all it took. Um, but, but really, you know, building out relationships early days, um, with our users, um, and, and, and just our community writ large, um, really helped to feel that early growth. Um, and in the early stages, you, you really do need to be as close to the, close to the customer's perspective on all sides as you can be like, not one, you can't leave a single stone unturned, um, for lack of a better analogy. And we didn't, we were, we were in the streets, we were visiting people, you know, in person, we were talking to people who were using our app. Um, you know, just like, a, a, again, just every, every piece of the business we were hands-on in building relationships and ensuring that the technology actually worked. Um, and, and, and i truly believe that fueled the growth. Um, because we had a really great reputation. Um, and oddly enough, the pandemic was a really great, you know, um, happenstance for us, right? Like yeah. sucked for me as an individual. <laughs> um, yeah. Really great for my company because the value proposition of what it meant to have a seamless technology to interface with co customers, contactless, you know, it was like right place, right time, right? Like if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. It was, uh, that was kind of, kind of, kind of us for us, luck meets opportunity, all those great, you know, great analogies um, that exist in the world. But yeah, um, we just stayed ready. And, and, and then we didn't have to get ready when the pandemic hit. We were ready to, to really launch and, and show people the value. Um, and, it, and it turned out fairly well for us. Real quick for context for people. Is it, was this yeah. your first company? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, that's what I, that's what I thought. I, I just want to give people that context. So going into this, then you you're, you obviously get the traction. You get to like a hundred k doing that, doing that. But then you know you want to raise funding. Obviously, you know the numbers are absolutely terrible uh, for people of color, especially women of color. So you know that going into it, take me through that. And I have to talk about the fundraising. How did that process go? Where did you even start with that? Just take us through that side of things. Oh my gosh, it was it was crazy. So so our first our first like lucky moment, right? Um, was getting into Accelerator. We got into Lighthouse Labs, Richmond, um, Virginia, where I'm from. Shout out to Richmond, that's where they <laughs> made me at. And, um, you know, we, we got into Lighthouse Lab. They gave us 25K equity free. Um, and huge for us, right? Because a lot of a lot of the other accelerators, what people don't know, is that's that's really the first money that you get is 25K, but it usually comes at a cost. And then there's like a, a some type of investment vehicle after that. Um, but we got this, we got this money and, and we, that was our first access to like a network of where we could actually, um, talk about our, our ideas, right. And really, and really get feedback from industry experts, um, and, and fueled by a little bit of capital that kind of, that was like step one. Right. And then when you open your network and you realize like access to network is really, I think the, the true deficit for black and brown founders, we just don't yeah. have access, but once you get access, you start to understand, you know, what it takes to raise, you know, venture funds. And so that was first step for us, built out our a really like our first like revenue generating product that led us into growth, that led us into, into VC. And so it was all like, I, I want to say it was just like this linear path. Like I read something in an article and then that article like really gave me the steps to make it to this, that, and the third, you know, but it, it, it wasn't like that. We got access to a network. We got tons of different advice. Some of it stuck, some of it didn't. Um, but, but that, that entry started to get us our first nose. And let me tell you something very powerful about getting your first nose. It like sucks. It's a really big ego hit. Yeah. Um, but getting your first nose like is, is what leads you to your your first yes, right? Because you start to understand the types of questions that are going to be asked, the types of traction that you need. Um, and 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 doors that are closed aren't necessarily like a door that won't give you your next opportunity, right? Like a lot of um the the funds that that said no really early on. Um and 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 it and it really did delay our our eventual venture process. They open the door to other funds that might be, you know, interested, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. So, 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 so it was it was Lighthouse Labs that got us our first network. Our first check though came um, by complete happenstance. Um, my co-founder filled out a, a, a matching, like a like a startup matching system that Lolita Tao put out. Yeah, yeah, I interviewed her about that actually. Yeah, it's super cool. We filled out a questionnaire. We got we got um, you know connected to what ended up being our lead investor. Hardest you know call in my life, and I almost missed it because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just, this isn't for investment. This is just you know we're just getting advice. And I had a yeah. full time job, and I'm like, I you know I'm running a team. I got to be at this meeting. Meeting got canceled um, with with my with my SVP, and I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just get hop on the call. I have the time. Um, oh and that, that led to my lead investment. So insane. But again, all all those no's and the access to the, to the network ahead of time really made me prepared for a lot of those questions that I ended up um, getting on that call, which eventually led to our, our first you know venture check. So um, winding road. 
<laughs> with, with that, you mentioned with Lighthouse, obviously that's an accelerator. Like you said, it's no equity. So they give 25K uh, equity free, which is great. Uh, huge for founders. Take me through, I think you, in another podcast, you mentioned you had done a, maybe a couple of accelerators. Just take me through how you even found the accelerators you did, which ones you ended up going with, why you went, what, when I'm going with them. I'm curious about that because a lot of founders are thinking about, you know, especially if you have no networks, as you mentioned, do I go to an accelerator or not? Just take me through your thinking around that and how the experience was around accelerators for you. Yeah, we started off in, in, in incubators, which are like like accelerated yeah. light, you know, um, and they're they're helpful for many reasons and, 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 a, and a little less helpful in many ways, too. Um, but great starting points, great launch pads, um, because they, they basically tell you what you need to to get into accelerator. Right. And accelerator yeah. really is to take your company or, or a good idea and accelerate it. An incubator is one of those things where you can have like the ideas and you can go back and forth with other founders, et cetera. So we kind of started there. Um, and, and just, and, and just hungry in the space, really wanted to understand what it, what it takes. Um, and, um, after like an incubator, like C-Spot, et cetera, we then, um, heard about Lighthouse Labs, right? It, it really was just one of those things where in the incubator, they were talking to us about accelerators. You heard big names like Techstars, tech Ycom. Yeah. I mean, you know, the big ones are out there, um, yeah. and they're awesome. And, um, <laughs> and, but, but. But we we got um, word of of Lighthouse and we heard that it was equity free. And we we're like, whoa, really? Like this is gonna like they don't want anything. <laughs> um, they was like, we, this has to be a trick. Um, yeah. But it, what's the catch? You know, <laughs> what's the catch? Um, but 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 it wasn't. And and so we applied and we and we got accepted. Um, and and you know the rest is history. But it really was just being in an incubator first, hearing about accelerators, and they would tell you about all the different ones that are out there, how to search. There are really big accelerator networks like GAN um, and, and others where you can, um, where they, where they, where there, there are tons of GAN members, right? So Lighthouse Labs is a part of a part of the GAN network, um, but you can kind of look them up, right? Yeah. Like the great thing about funders is they want, for the most part family funds being excluded, but they want to be found. Yeah. Right. Um, and they, and they, so the information is out there for you um, from accelerators to apply. Um, and so we, we did that. We looked at, we looked at the GAN network, we applied to Lighthouse Labs, we, you know, applied to some others and um, that was the fit for us. And, um, you know, we launched from there, but, but Google is still a uh, king for, for, for research um, and, <laughs> and, and finding your fit. So there are, I love that you mentioned that because there are so many different accelerators out there. It can be overwhelming, but to your point, you do your research, you do your homework, start talking to people, you get a feel for what is what, you know, what the different ones have to offer, especially like different locations too, especially, you know, if you're not on the coast necessarily, there's some, there's ones everywhere. I'll just put it that way. That can be really helpful for founders and finding that. And, um, you know, depending on their networks as well, then obviously they introduce you to the next check, which is very important to continue the company growth because uh, you're not going to probably just have the pre-seed check. So with that as well, raising those funds so you raised i think it's 1.8 million uh which is amazing yeah tell me through then after that you raise the funds how the company grow from there what happened after that yeah absolutely so initially you raised 1.8 um and 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 that really fueled the growth of our our fintech products and services we like again we, we started off wanting to solve a problem for ourselves and i think you know so and that's how we happened upon entrepreneurship we i think we always kind of knew we wanted to do something special for for you know people much like ourselves but what that looked like we had no idea um and so we 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 found this this 
problem that that we wanted to solve for ourselves and we and we solved it and and as we started to do that we we learned that um, it wasn't really solving the problem that the community was having, right? Inherently, it was because of our, if your customers can't find you, it's a problem. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's what happened. That, that wasn't the problem that they perceived, right? They perceived other things um, as as um, as problems to solve, and we we listened to them all and and kind of like, okay, this is where we can start. This is where we can add value, um, and and you know we built that out first, and so the money really helped to accelerate that vision. It probably would have t- taken us, you know, a year and a half or so um, to, to be able to build what we were able to build um, in six months with, with funding, right? And, and we are a technical team, so we are able to build all of our things in-house. We didn't have to outsource, but that extra fuel of, of people um, yeah. was, was really necessary to accelerate that growth. Um, and, and then we started to think about, okay, what does it look like to, to scale and get the word out. And, and so, you know, um, and now we're in, in that really fun phase of, 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 <laughs> of being, of being more in one than one place and, and what complications that brings on. Um, and, and of course, you know, you kind of go back to the funding, the funding well, when you're, when you're at that stage, um, as well. So at this point I've raised over $3 million, but I think it's, it's been really enlightening to me um, to, to see my company, to see my company go, you know, first I, I, I use the money for, for product. Then yep. now I'm like, okay, product's solid. Like it's just really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now it's like, you know, scale, what does that look like? Right. Yep. Um, and, 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 and how do, how do you attract, um, customers and what is that secret sauce? Um, and, and all of that. So, so that's 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 what it is now, um, and it's and it's fun, and, and it's it's every at every stage is different, and at every stage of capital you're doing you're raising for a different reason, um, but but interesting every time nonetheless. Okay, with this too. So think about you mentioned scaling. You mentioned going to beyond one city. How you how do you look at expansion in terms of yeah. do you go city? Are you going city by city by city? Is it like you can bring anyone on board anytime? Like just walk me through that because I've had these different businesses on the show before where you have that some have to go city by city. They have like a execution plan for each city. Some they don't necessarily have to. So they end up going more broadly. Not necessarily the best strategy. It depends on what you're looking at. For you and Good Fine, like how do you look at that? I mean, you know, at the at the end of the day, I think we do we look at it as a two prong approach, right? Like there's a there's a there's a part of me that always wants to go broad, right? And um and to your point, there is, there are a lot of complexities with going broad because do you really what is your messaging in that in that case, right? Like yeah. how do you come up with that with that that evergreen tone? Um, that makes sense for everyone. I think it takes a lot of learning to get there. Um, and so my 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 gut and where and where you know we're we're looking at, at at GF right now is like what does it make how do what makes sense from city to city, right? Yeah. Um, knowing that that's not that's not the holistic plan. Um, but what does it look like to make relationships in different cities? that look different from each other, right? And then figuring out from there, what's that steady drumbeat tone that kind of gets everyone going? Um, like what gets the people going? And then using that to go broad, right? Mm, yeah. um, for me, has been has been the better strategic strategic approach. And and I've been at big, big tech companies, right? Yeah. Um, and I've seen, I've seen, you know, what it was like even launching products there. 
Um, and, and I can honestly say that even in, in companies that you can scale at mass, they usually take this more strategic <laughs> two-pronged approach. Um, yeah. and, so, and so for us, we're, we're, we're kind of leaning toward that way. Um, and how we identify those cities are, 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 are very much based on, you know, what we're seeing from, from our internal data um, and how it's resonating um, with, with, you know, members of the community that, that we care to work with on, on different sides of the business. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, but it definitely is a, is a more of a two-pronged approach. Like, let me, let me, let me build relationships. Let me test that out um, see where the messaging really rings true. And then, you know, going, going broader. Cause I see a lot of founders um, burn a lot of capital really quickly going broad super fast. And then there's nothing, you know, to, to catch them um uh, when they fall yeah. so so yeah. it, you know i i mean my i have the marketing brain so i'm always thinking about what is the messaging going to be and that seems impossible when you go abroad you're going to be way more expensive it's not going to be as focused etc and i think about the companies i've interviewed or talked to before so uh one of the founders of each street was competing with like grubhub at the time and like grubhub was going to these major cities so they're going you know like la new york whatever and then East Street found out, well, we can go to this mid-market cities, Madison, Wisconsin, and things like that. And then you found this opportunity that people didn't really realize existed. Like, okay, if we go middle market, they need the same thing, but we can offer it in a better way. It's like with you, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's different ones you're looking at. It's like, oh, well, this is perfect for us because we do X, Y, Z, you know, like, and that's what it's exciting about figuring out your strategy with that as well. And with what you've mentioned already with raising now 3 million in total and growing a lot in the last couple of years. How have you approached growing your team? Because every founder I talk to, that is like the main struggle. It's fundraising and it's like building a team. For you, yeah. Sophie, how have you gone about that? I'm just curious. I mean, I, I you know, I build my team with a culture first focus. Um, and and that has been super powerful for me. I I did come from a, a job where I, I led teams and led people. And I, I remember thinking to myself, if I could do it differently, right? Because mm -hmm. I, because because of whatever reason, we lost a lot of sure. good people along the way, right? And I realized how important company culture um, is, investing in people and, and their happiness and, and what they're looking for, as well as having the technical skills, right? Like the thing is, in life or in business, you can always find somebody to do the job, right? Will you find somebody to do the job and love it? <laughs> That's yeah. the key. And I found by leading with culture, especially our interviews, um, you know, and saying like, this is what this is what the culture is like. Like this is this is what we bring to the table. This is the amount of openness. We actually have a culture doc that everyone signs on to. Um, and we we have culture activities every month. And we you know, it's like it's really ingrained, like like the good fine gang has a real family forward vibe. Um, and when you when people interview for for jobs at our company, like that's what they tell our recruiters, like, oh, my God, like everybody in this team is is totally drinking from the Kool-Aid. Everybody believes in it. Everybody's passionate about it. They seem to really like each other. Um, and I, I think so that culture first focus is really important for, for me. Um, and I found it really impactful in a space that, especially from a de development side of things, right? Like the the market is hot. Um, you know, yeah. I get, I, I get Same. messages all the time, um, on LinkedIn and, and I'm clearly, <laughs> clearly leaning one way in life. Right. But like, yeah. but like people are out there for, 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 for tech talent. Um, and, and good talent in general. So you really have to bring something something novel to the table 
Um, and it can't be fake, right? Like you can't put on airs. People can suss that out really well. You see a lot of stories right now with people even big companies, middle-sized companies are saying like, no, you just can't treat me like trash. Yeah. I just don't want to be in a bad environment. <laughs> right? yeah, I like, got options now. I got options. I don't have to stand I got options. Everybody's yeah. going to pay me this money. So it's just like, it's exactly. like, what, what else are you giving? Um, and it, and it can't, and it can't be fake. So that's the, that's the approach that I have. It's a, it's a culture first approach. I take care of my people. Um, and, and in turn, they, they take care of, of, of the company. Um, and it's just really good vibes. Nobody hates being at work, you know, eight to 12 hours a day. No one. And, and I, yeah. I mean, and I can, I can say this, uh, easily. Cause I know, I know those that, that are in our company would, would back me up unequivocally. Um, and, and I find that that's been a competitive edge and advantage for me. Um, in, in such a tough market when, when quite frankly, like the salaries are, are sky high, everybody can be, you know, remote in some way. Um, what really wins out is, is, is culture. Um, and so, so we keep that tight. You're a few years in, we're almost out of time now. You're a few years in this company. You had not started a company previously. <laughs> is it what you expected, Sophie? Is it, no. just take me through, take me through how you feeling about it. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted every day. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, it, it, I don't, I still don't sleep. I thought, you know, I would, I would sleep a little bit more, um, when I had great people, but it's, it's, it's a grind, you know? Um, and I think, I think I thought because I was good at jobs before that it would come, you know, more naturally, but honestly, it's something that I work hard at every day. Like I don't just work hard for the people that use my platform or for my investors or for my employees. I work hard for everyone. Um, and I'm, I'm every day I'm trying to own, you know, earn their, their, their respect and their, and their, you know, um, you know, return the trust that they've given to me, um, tenfold. So it's, it's hard. It's nothing that I expect. Every day is different. Um, I woke up this morning. I had a plan, you know. I had meetings on the calendar. I read every, read, I wrote everything down. I was ready to, you know, cross off my list. Um, and nothing went according to plan. So it's going to be yep. a long night trying to get that li that list cut, um, you know, checked off. But I love it, right? Um, and that's something that I did expect. I knew if I could spend every day helping a community that I really thought was valuable and, and, and building really just dope technology with people that I really cared about and a culture that I really love, that I would love it in spite of all the difficulties, right? In spite yeah. of the sleepless nights, in spite of a lack of like personal life. My family's always like, where are you at? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right? like, <laughs> um, both, both physically, I'm always traveling and also, you know, just like absent mindedness of like, oh my God, I, I really need to call my mom who I'm obsessed with or my dad yeah. who I, I love, you know, immensely. Um, and I just, you know, some, sometimes I fall short, but um, because every day is different, but, but I love it. I love it. So nothing, nothing that I expected at all, but everything that, that I need to, to fuel me, um, you know, from day to day. So. Sophie, I know we're out of time, but where's the best place for people to learn more and also connect with you if they'd like to? Good find everywhere um, on all socials, you know, a Y instead of an I, because we like to make it fancy. <laughs> um, uh, so you can always check us out there. Me, LinkedIn. I'm always happy to talk to, to founders who, who care about what it's like to raise and um, and or just want to like vent or complain or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Like I'm your girl. Um, there were a lot of people who opened doors for me um, on LinkedIn and, 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 and sat through tons of conversations. And so paying that forward is super, super important to me. 
Uh, so you can slide in my DMs. I will I will reply right back um, and and look forward to to any conversations that come my way because of this. So yeah, Sophie, thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. If you want to follow along on the socials for all things Just Go Grind and with me as well, you can find Just Go Grind on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go Grind. You can find me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Find me on Instagram, JustinGordon8. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.